here for all Rose can suck my balls Fuck your reply guys Please don't fuck your reply guys Just listen to reply guys Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys, the leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us. We are so uh, lucky this week to be joined by Kelly Bachman later in the show. But first, we are going to do the Reply Guys of the year, the top Reply Guys of 2019. The 2019 Reply Guys spectacular. Um, Just fireworks. Pew, pew. You know, Kate and I have been waiting all year for this, and we only started this podcast in July, and uh, we, boy, you know, 10 10 was simply not enough, but we're going to do it for you. We have some repeat offenders on this list. Oh my God, yeah. So Uh, many people who come up again and again. As well as as some new friends. (laughs) Some (laughs) new faves. Yeah. Um, Um, All right, should we start? Yes. All right. uh, Number 10. The conservative men of the New York Times. Just the the three-headed dog of neoconservatism and bad takes. Uh, we're talking about David Brooks, Ross Douthat, and Brett Stevens. Just the unholy triumvirate of bad opinions. I think we can throw uh, Barry Weiss in there, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So these folks have just had some insanely horrible takes always, but this year, some that stands out for me, uh, of course, Brett Stevens, um, infamous bed bug debacle. Incredible. Someone called him a bed bug on Twitter, and then he proceeded the next week to write an article about how that was anti-Semitic, and he... It was it, it was a uh, uh, very dangerous. It was like Nazi <laughs> Germany. <laughs> this professor who um, sounded really nice. Yeah, he literally emailed Brett Stevens. Like emailed this guy's entire like department, the chair of his department. Um, just incredible. Brett Stevens also no fan of any of the universal programs that uh, some of our fave uh, candidates in the Democratic primary are. I think proposing. I think a real theme on this reply guy of the year podcast are going to be things that are not actually anti-Semitic. Absolutely, <laughs> it's a big theme in 2019. It's I was noticing um, some of my favorite David Brooks takes of all time. Not necessarily this year. Uh, it was when he he said that he he wrote a column about how uh, basically liberals were alienating conservatives with fancy stuff. Like he took his friend to a deli and the Italian names of the sandwiches were too much for her. And uh, he, uh, he, he, had to, he realized he should have just taken her out for tacos. And I'm like, what would it have been like to be the friend reading that column just be like i know what prosciutto is bitch (laughs) (laughs) fuck you i this is this is a recurring theme i would say is like conservative commentators not being able to pick a lane on whether democrats and liberals are too kind of highfalutin or um you know on the other end of the spectrum making fun of aoc for being a bartender like yeah that's that's very true david brooks wrote a column this week about uh why he's not a socialist anymore <laughs> so i guess he was a 22 year old socialist which like whatever man pete oh pete was on about how 
uh, he he was on um, I think CBS this week, and he was like, "Yeah, well, I liked Bernie Sanders when I was 18 with a little snot." Wrote wrote an wrote an essay about him. Yeah, um, but so he says he was a, a socialist in college, and uh, he learned that governments can't plan things. Other really classic David Brooks takes. Um, he likes to write about uh like what red states are like and basically you know how uh we are so culturally alienated from red states but i think um i think he has been like caught lying about having been to certain places he said he was going to it's just all made up the distillation of every david brooks column is here's some advice for democrats literally just be republicans like that's yeah, well that's it. like brett stevens too and yeah. also ross douthit is, yeah. is another one um i love I, I love that ross douthit I've, I've mentioned this on the on the show before is that ross douthit thinks uh he's catholic and he thinks that pope francis is too liberal <laughs> remember when ross had that piece about um how uh sex should be redistributed basically he was saying he that. like understands incels he gets where they're coming from um it's pretty good yeah brett he, stevens also said um he made this argument against uh free college he said i do not admire anyone embracing the bad idea of free college the surest way to strip nearly anything of its value is to make it free once again pick a lane buddy well guess what i'm doing i'm logging into the new york times in the incognito window to make it free because i canceled <laughs> my subscription you motherfuckers um all right so uh number nine we have stefan molyneux oh yes um so stefan molyneux was i was not familiar with his work <laughs> until until recently um he is just his work his, his tweets work, his tweets he is this conf <laughs> i don't know i don't know how he got verified he's this like conservative commentator um but he is just obsessed with women's bodies he is obsessed with women in just like a really weird way and i've talked about him on the show before and he most recently talked about how taylor swift is turning 30 and um if she wants to have kids she should do it soon because half of her eggs are already dead <laughs> just just an insane and thing and then he said she'd be a fun mom yeah. smiley face smiley face it's just like my dude you just like wake up and live and breathe thinking about the egg count of a woman you don't know well this is an obsession with the men's rights community it in really general uh, female fertility and i think that it, a big part of it is um you know we have jobs now i mean some of us not enough of us <laughs> and they don't pay enough which is why we're doing a leftist feminist podcast but a, a lot of women work now and so this like a uh, fertility scare shit is like yeah. the, it's the bullying mechanism like you better get married young again yeah he also clearly has like some mommy issues like he uses his mom as like this cautionary tale of female vanity or something like that it's really fucked he's up. got a hot mom I, I guess so um he also i think i talked about this earlier on uh in the beginning of our podcast was this tweet that he had back in back in august <laughs> about um why women wear lipstick <laughs> he was like it's to conceal the fact that uh their fertility is declining <laughs> <laughs> 
his like brightening and glossing lips is an attempt to counter signal this reality. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, he is. Um, yeah, like I. There are no words for this guy. He is just off the deep end. He tweets so much. The only person who I tweets know. more than him is like President Trump, who tweeted ninety nine times the other day. In one day, yeah. <laughs> I'll say it, man. That is too many times. It's so embarrassing. It's really when I log tweet, off, bitch. When I tweet like five times in the same day, I'm like, people are gonna know I have no life. I know. <laughs> I do have a life. I'm very cool. <laughs> um all right we both fuck we are cool all right so number eight uh the number eight worst reply guy of this year is president obama president obama i'm sorry i'm sorry we have to put him on the list but he just has been saying too many too many things that are i think harmful to us my favorite thing was the other day he tweeted that uh you should sign up for aca because it costs ten dollars a month um i you know when i log in it costs uh, 500 yeah. so yeah um i haven't you know as i've talked about here and online a lot i have not had health insurance in five years yeah um terrence from the trillbillies was just talking about how he's been like on the fence about whether or not to sign up because he hasn't in in kentucky he hasn't been able to find anything in the marketplace um that has less than a seventy five hundred dollar deductible it's the same in new york absolutely i i mean like the premium for him is like 200 or something but it's it's, it's, uh, much more here but the the deductibles i mean we went from having like deductibles have just like exploded over the years anyways um president obama thank you for your service but please stop trying to stop the party from moving too far left my man (laughs) yeah and i would actually put um i I would actually put michelle as a corollary too she (gasps) tweeted to her i know i know we're we're we are uh sometimes you gotta you gotta i don't know what the word is but yeah sometimes sometimes we have to name our heroes as reply guys because (laughs) michelle obama the other day was uh tweeting out a picture of herself with uh war criminal george w bush oh yeah i mean okay so let's they have the same values no they don't no that's what she said she said we have the same values i know i know i just like oh that is come on and really if we're being honest obama also war criminal and really if we're being honest even when we elect president bernie sanders he will also be a war criminal because u.s imperialism is a thing ellen degeneres also a war criminal we can all agree yeah but george w bush was uh i think an, an especially disgusting specimen in the weird liberal effort to rehabilitate the man who brought us uh, two million dead Iraqis. People are just rendition, are, torture, Guantanamo Bay. People are so willing to forgive him because he's just like because he paints. Because he paints, you know, because he's like your fun cousin who has really backwards views on everything if you talk to him for more than five minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the thing is, is this shows. I think, I think that this shows just kind of uh, the kind of mainstream liberal mentality which is that the problem with trump is that he's rude which yeah it that's is, true. it does suck that trump is rude yeah. we, we don't like it he says some disgusting things he was going after uh greta the other day i know we hated to see it but honestly like the stuff that he's it's 
the policies that he is enacting are what's terrible and george w bush i think probably even worse on that front like the problem is the main problem is not that he is rude or that he has small hands or that he's fat or just any of the stuff that i think you see you're uh you're less cool uh <laughs> media mainstream media <laughs> comedy shows yeah going after yeah so um so yeah obama you're not gonna kill medicare for all with your tweet you're not gonna stop bernie sanders um but speaking of stopping bernie sanders should we jump into what obama's plan for stopping bernie sanders is okay we have number six and seven Oh, <laughs> um, these these, were, <laughs> these two are are my my personal faves. Uh, Deval Patrick and Michael Bloomberg um, tied for for number six and seven. I they are are honorary reply guys because they decided to reply in the only way that they knew how, which was running for president and just self funding. And, um, they're literally just in the race because two out of three of the front runners are running on platforms to make them less rich. <laughs> so Bloomberg has spent over a hundred million dollars in mm-hmm. ads. It's just, it's disgusting. Um, um, should we throw Steyer on here too? I would love to. Yeah. Um, a real I, trifecta of reply guys Steyer comes out with like a new weird uh, s- statement every couple of days um, like today or something he said he said he's enthusiastically uh, pro term limits and oh, I was that's like, his whole thing I was like at, okay cool buddy <laughs> no that's, that was his whole thing at the debate he was like no one up here is willing to talk about term limits oh my god baby boy <laughs> yeah i mean we i can, mean yeah it's a good idea but it's like come it on is, man but it can also be exploited by republicans which i'm gonna say it again they talk about it in dark money <laughs> yeah um yeah but anyways deval and michael bloomberg get out go home i i i the two of them are so like it is disgusting the, the amount of money that both of them are spending bloomberg especially I just, it, there's just no excuse for it. Think about the what that money could actually do. This is why, this is why I'm forever sold on the idea of there are no good billionaires, because <laughs> Michael Bloomberg was supposed to be one of them for a long time. No, I mean he's responsible for implementing stop and frisk. I mean, sure, there's a laundry list of things, but like it's it's that whole idea of like giving to charity or whatever makes someone a good billionaire. It's like, fuck off. No, because they are are, they don't give as much as you think they give. And then they waste their money on stuff like this on a vanity run. Yeah. And it's not really giving a lot of the time. It's a lot of the time just moving their money around. Yeah. It's self-paying through private foundations. Uh, oh boy we, we love we love we dr- love talking about private foundations here. drop out billionaires <laughs> all right so i think our our next reply guy uh of the year is someone who really needs to log off and that's our girl nira nira tandon <laughs> girl boss nira tandon um you know sometimes girl bosses need to log off and yeah. we don't talk about that enough that girl bosses need a break yeah <laughs> you can't um, be a girl boss all the time you know work hard play hard baby girl you uh, she's really i mean at this point i'm like 
just you're like a Mitt Romney Republican. Just go all the way, babe. So she was an advisor for the Clinton campaign. Um, she has uh, headed up the Center for American Progress um, for years now, which is a uh, neolib think tank. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically their basic jam is that they take like policies that have progressive support and then they put it into a machine and then it comes out means test them (laughs) and basically come up with the republican version of that that helps no one and that also people won't be excited to vote for yeah um but she you know she has a she she likes to have a really big twitter fights um she uh she she blocks our our boy peter dow oh my god king peter Peter dow she unblocked him but uh yeah you know she has like a a long history of being uh pretty horrible um so one thing that happens with cap this year is that uh they shut down uh, think progress which was their news blog it was supposedly uh, editorially independent um and uh the union pushed back on um the so basically uh cap said they weren't going to be editorial and editorially independent anymore the union pushed back um and then they just decided to end the blog right okay yeah um but uh she's done uh some really other terrible things um fai who is a uh I think he is. Is he Bernie Sanders? Yeah, he's Bernie Fais Shakir, who's Bernie Sanders' campaign manager. He used to be a writer for Think Progress, and uh, Nira Tandon physically attacked him hmm. because he asked Hillary Clinton about her stance on the Iraq War, <laughs> and sh- and then her Nira's defense is, "I didn't slug him; I pushed him." Okay. Yeah, but in the past, like week, she even she said some incredible takes. Um, one is. Uh, I think today she tweeted, uh, the wall is more popular than Medicare for all. Oh my God. Yep. Just absolutely get out of my life. Yeah, As as you probably know, uh, the UK just had an election between Jeremy Corbyn and uh, Boris Johnson. I mean, the way that UK elections work, it's like um, people are voting for parties but uh, it was between Labour and the Tories and Boris Johnson, who heads up the Tories, is like basically their Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and Corbyn is to the left of Bernie. And Nira has been on this campaign to really make sure that Corbyn doesn't get elected because she sees him as like, you know, like his victory would somehow uh, empower Sanders, who she hates with an ever living passion. There's been a lot of the like more neoliberal uh, commentators in the U.S. who really s- have been vocally supporting uh, the Lib Dems, which is the party that is um, a little bit more centrist than Labor. Yeah, I mean, so Nira, I guess, wasn't directly supporting the Tories. Um but she, you know, she tweeted out a, a letter um, that the title of it was "Concerns about anti-Semitism mean we cannot vote Labor." So yeah, I guess technically they were probably supporting um, the Lib Dems. But think about what these people think about third parties here. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, well, you know, we're just you're giving it to uh, whatever is the most ideologically opposite of the thing that you claim to believe, you know? So, I mean, basically I think what we learned this week from a lot of our neoliberal commentators is that they would rather see the Tory government headed up by like their Trump than a socialist government. And that's no good. It's bad. Yeah. Kind of shows you that, uh, the main thing is money with these people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think the issue is that a lot of them are more comfortable with the status quo under someone like Trump than they would be uh, about like the unknown of a, of a far left, um, which is really shitty and awful. And yeah, I mean, Corbyn is way further left than Bernie Sanders, who is not far left e- to them in their mind. Yeah, no, no, yeah. absolutely. And I think that there are too many people who are trying to draw like exact parallels between there and here. And I don't. They're not entirely comparable situations. Corbyn and Sanders are not the same. But and we'll t- we'll talk about this uh, at a later date. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, she has been one of Bernie Sanders' most vocal critics um, enough that Bernie Sanders' campaign sent her sent sent Neera Tannen and the Center for American Progress a letter earlier this year, like asking them to knock it off, which I did not understand at the time, but now I do. Mm-hmm. At, I, at the time I was like, really, do they need to like pick this beef? You know, like it seems like it doesn't matter, but I mean, honestly, she's just going after them like all day. And I think it's like, I think it was good for the Sanders campaign to like bring that to attention. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who's next? All right. So um, up next, we have uh, Andrew Sullivan, who was another guy with the hot Brexit take, um, an American. uh, No, he's not American. He's British, but um, he he's a writer uh, for New York magazine. And um, so he tweeted um, on the night of uh, Labor's really devastating loss um one lesson from the uk if democrats don't stop their hard left slide they'll suffer from the same fate as labor if they don't move off their support for mass immigration their toast ditto the wokeness left twitter is not reality and i mean it's just such a fucked up take and you saw it all the time after Mm -hmm. 2016 um mark lilla and andrew sullivan and just a variety of um, like supposedly sort of liberal people just basically trying to make the point that the reason that Democrats lost is like because of trans people and immigrants. And this is, I mean, it's like Andrew Sullivan is conservative though. Is he not? I, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, yes. I mean like to us, yes. Uh, he voted for Obama. So I think that there are some people that kind of see him as, uh, yeah in the middle yeah he supported the iraq war i mean he has been a republican but he also voted democrat so i don't know but i mean to us he's a conservative goal (laughs) yes yeah um but yeah i mean this guy um well it's a lot of people who don't understand how uk parliamentary elections work making like grand pronouncements and parallels where they don't exist i agree with him that left twitter is not reality but he's using it for (laughs) to make a bad point yeah i mean like the i don't have a problem with him uh criticizing twitter it's just this idea of like basically saying that democrats or the left need to abandon like any concerns for racial justice or uh lgbt rights or whatever i mean and he's also gay this guy is though he has a, a long history of being like extremely problematic um he published a bunch of charles murray writings and has been like a longtime advocate of the bell curve which is like Great. the uh basically the manual for racists who are really into race science yeah. um, basically says that you know like uh 
yeah, just different races have uh, different IQs. I was just, you know, I just was wondering about that for no reason. Yeah. I mean, and this evolutionary been, psychology is has been disproven yeah, so many I'm, times. Yeah, it's this garbage. has been widely debunked, and yeah. there are you know way better uh, debunkers of this than us. But I mean, basically, Charles Murray is pretty much l- laughed off by any one except for the most serious racist he quote tweeted me once and tried to dunk on me but he is he's just so dumb he couldn't i'm too powerful (laughs) that's so funny um all right so now we are uh at uh now we're at number three um and that is uh our girl megan mccain megan mccain you may know her from john mccain <laughs> who you I may know she... her from the view where she begins every sentence with my father yeah um yeah she just like you know i'm sure she's had a lot of hits i don't even think we need to sp- spend that much time on her because she's just a- on there every week spewing conservative garbage saying that joe biden is the only person who can beat trump it's one of those you know just like the 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 conservatives at the new york times who say the only way that yeah democrats can win is to be republicans yeah i mean i guess like the the thing that i was uh, the most upset at her for this year is um we're gonna play the clip anti-semitism shouldn't be a left or right issue i don't think we should be politicizing it on either side because as we know if it's a tiki torch person in charlottesville saying jews will not replace us or if it's the we had barry weiss on to talk about sort of these uh, more dog whistle moments that in my my view ilhan omar is doing and she uh, as of saturday hadn't been able to go have gone 15 days without saying something anti-semitic just because i don't technically have jewish family that are blood related to me it doesn't mean i I don't take this as seriously and it is very dangerous very dangerous and i think we all collectively as americans on both sides and what ilan homar is saying is very scary to me and it's very scary to a lot of people and i don't think you have to be jewish to recognize you don't yeah so oh boy yeah so megan mccain has uh been on a on a terrible year about how ilhan omar is anti-semitic and ilhan omar is not anti-semitic no. she has been critical of israel which is not the same thing right and that has been an ongoing issue of people just generally not being able to decouple um rightful criticism of israel with anti-semitism and also like conflating being jewish with support for israel is right. anti-semitic sure absolutely um so this is this is something that we continue to see again and again megan mccain sucks and she uh, i mean she did she she is like the ultimate white woman tears yes exactly (laughs) yeah i know i mean that's exactly what she's doing she uh blames ilhan omar for the shooting up of for the shooting of a synagogue in san diego cool um when someone came on the view which is like a really bad show in general but she <laughs> someone came on the view uh and was talking about uh the torture at our borders um and ice detention facilities um concentration camps um talking about the torture of kids this was a doctor um explaining uh that children were subjected to quote extremely cold temperatures lights on 24 hours a day no adequate access to medical care sanitation water or adequate food and then she is like you know who was tortured? My father. <laughs> it's oh so God. fucked up. She just won't stop. And, you know, for people who don't think that uh, the weaponization of white women's tears is a thing. Look no further look than, no Megan, further than McCain. Megan McCain. All right. Um, so we're now on number two. Uh, 
<laughs> one one for the teens it's uh it's jacob wall yeah um jacob wall this year had one of my favorite one of my favorite reply guy moments of the year um in which he accused elizabeth warren of having an affair with a 24 year old marine and it's it's just it's still one of my the highlights of my year yeah and it was really dumb too because like the guy who was supposedly the marine like that not only was he, not only did elizabeth warren have uh an affair with the 24 marine she was in a bdsm and she paid to beat him i love i love that yeah. i love every part of this yeah it's but he posted so like, good the like guy that was supposedly the marine like posted this like a uh, wound of on his back and then but like on his instagram he had like the real story of how he got that bruise or cut yeah. or whatever and, and it then, was just so stupid jacob wall also kamala was still in the race at the time like a few weeks later jacob wall accused kamala of almost the same thing of having an affair with like a much younger man and yeah. it's like my dude you have a weird fetish and we can all see uh it. he also got someone to accuse p Buttigieg of sexual assault and we hate p but we hate that, pete, that's but not that's something fucking that gross yeah i mean and i think you know in the past he uh had a uh, fake sexual assault accusation of robert mueller oh yeah yeah and uh he doesn't cover his tracks very well um like in this whole mueller situation he had a like a a fake company that was supposedly i think investigating it and he like the the company had um his uh mom's phone number and they called and it was his mom so anyway not very smart but i guess if you were smart you wouldn't be a republican, a republican can, can i say that a republican dean yeah um you have to live with climate change too buddy i know Little uh, buddy. let's uh let's talk about drum roll please the number one reply guy of the year i think those uh real fans will know who this is it's our boy ben shapiro <laughs> yes uh ben shapiro i mean this man it's almost christmas he wants you to know that rudolph is not gay hold on can i play the clip yes as for rudolph the whole movie feels as lgbtq friendly to me says jennifer finney boylan as any episode of queer eye or steven universe or the l word well except for the fact that rudolph doesn't you know like have sex with any of the other male reindeer so aside from that and the fact that it's a children's special i'm particularly tired of the hijacking of children's literature and children's special in order to promote political viewpoints on sexual matters like, it's a piece of children's literature. Cut it out. And the, the left likes to play this game a lot when it comes to TV. So what they will do is, for example, some members of the LGBTQ community will start saying that SpongeBob SquarePants is like a gay metaphor. And then people are like, what are you talking about? It's ridiculous. Like, stop it. And they'll say, aha, you're upset because we said you're upset by a children's cartoon. It's like, well, no, you're the ones who are hijacking a children's cartoon to make a point about your own sexual orientation. Like, what? What are you? What? Can you just leave Rudolph alone? Like, he's got enough problems without you putting your your own issues with sexual orientation on his fragile, on his fragile flying back. Yeah, so that's a, a festive one for the holidays. That's uh, a guy with uh, too, much, too much time on his hands. Yeah, I mean, Ben Shapiro is the most popular conservative commentator in the country right now. And I think that some of that is because 
he, for some reason he has this reputation as being like more reasonable or intellectual or something but he's not he like goes to colleges basically uh is mean to trans people and then posts videos online of him like owning liberals he is super super transphobic it's like one of his main subjects also extremely islamophobic and racist in general um there's actually a really interesting video and this this woman is also horrible but there's a there's a trans youtuber who is like conservative and she invited ben shapiro on her show and the two of them kind of like listening to their conversation i mean the two of them are both like galaxy brain conservative people and i don't get it but it's it was interesting to see his logic turned upside down by someone who he was actually like sort of willing to listen to. Um, but it's really, he's just, he's, uh, you know, another one of the, the bad men of, of America who are five foot seven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ben Shapiro, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos. And, you know, of course, I mean, of course, the like the ultimate worst reply guy of the year is Donald Trump. Sure. The most online, the most toxic. But he's it's too easy. It's it's too easy. And it's like, you know, he's beyond he's beyond parody. The man, Kate said that he tweeted 99 times the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy. doesn't it make you feel better about you though it really does yeah i'm like wow i'm doing great <laughs> all right so uh thanks for listening to reply guys this year we'll be back in the new year with more uh more reply guys for you with more show and we just want to say uh to everyone have a have a happy and safe holiday and um we'll we'll be back real soon Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. And today we are joined by Kelly Bachman for a very special end of the year Reply Guys of the Year episode. Spectacular. Yes. Um, and Kelly, we're so glad to have you here with us. Uh, for those of you who don't know Kelly, you're a, you're a dumb idiot and she rocks. And Kelly is a comedian um, who had a... a a pretty horrible experience with Harvey Weinstein recently. Uh, one of the one of the top reply guys. Certainly, he, re- he replied to her. He did. Yeah. Um, so it, Kelly has written about her experience uh, for both the New York Times and most recently Glamour, and uh, you should absolutely read uh, read those pieces. But Kelly, why don't you just uh, for the listeners at home just give you know I'm sure you've talked about this to death, but say as little or as much as you want about it sure so about a month and a half ago i uh, was booked on a show in the lower east side manhattan and the comedy producer thought it would be a cool idea to invite harvey weinstein alleged serial rapist to watch me uh perform stand-up so it was a benefit uh, show right yeah it was i think it was a benefit for suicide awareness (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad I actually didn't know that when I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have to say alleged because for legal reasons? For legal no one. I don't know what can happen to me. That was actually one of my thoughts that night, because I essentially got on stage and said, "Rape is bad. I was raped. Uh, uh, this is not cool that you invited this person, etc." And uh, you know, now I'm famous. So as soon as that happened, I remember. My, I didn't know that it was in a blow up like that, but 
I remember like messaging the two film producers I'm closest with and saying like, can this person still hurt me? Like, can is yeah. this actually, I just did this thing. Like this man is in this room. Can, is there anything he can do to still? And they were like, no, you're fine. And, uh, that was, I remember one of my first concerns, but other than like making sure to, you know, say alleged, I don't know yeah. what you're supposed to do. I mean, it's Harvey it's Weinstein, like, I think, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein this week, I believe, was um, in court and he's finishing up this like $25 million settlement. He also went to court like really performatively uh, using a walker. Yeah, that's people kept sending me links about that. I That must be so that would be so upsetting to me if people like would not stop sending if, if I were in your shoes and people just kept oh, sending weird, me Harvey like, Weinstein I, it's content. It's weird to be like linked to this man in this like strange <laughs> yeah. like Forrest Gump like yeah or like Harry Potter Voldemort way of like why are we linked? I do why think do, of you why? as a Forrest Gump certainly. <laughs> um. Yeah your set though too was really funny. I think that that's part of the reason it went so viral is you got some sick ass burns in on that man. Thank you. I remember like really i meant to go in a lot harder i I, in my mind i was just gonna like make my whole set about that but also i was really like once i realized people in there were gonna like the type that are gonna boo me and say shut up and be silent i also like i sort of like could already hear them saying like well she wasn't very funny though yeah so i like really just wanted to get into my like regular set and show them that i was also funny because i kept thinking like this isn't funny like i I, it's not funny enough. And so I didn't actually say as many things as I might have. Also, I think wanted. it's just so disorienting. And I can't even imagine because I've, you know, ever since this happened, I've thought about, I've thought about this and I've been, you know, Kate and I both have been doing stand up for like a long time. And I truly don't, I think I would be like physically shaking if I were in the same room with him. Yeah. I don't, I I was literally I was sitting in a before my set I was literally sitting by the stage well there's a, an emergency exit right next to the stage I was sitting next to the emergency exit like in a ball like prepared to just run out the exit like and I was just typing in my phone notes like uh potentially maybe funny things to say or yeah. just like and and messaging I was frantically messaging my friend I just like looked up the message the other day and it was just like all caps saying like what do i do is this a test do i have to say something is this funny ah and i only have like a few minutes to come up with something and i partially was i really was afraid i was just gonna like stand there and go like uh you know but something he's also a very physically intimidating guy even in his like performatively beleaguered state now i think he's like that's part of his that's been part of his whole story. Well, he he kind of has like a, sh- a shark face. He is a menacing he's just face. just like yeah. staring at you and he's not phased and he's sitting next to two guys that are like also very scary looking. And so you're like sort of trying not to look over there and also trying to say something. So it's yeah. like, it was very, and, and there were just like a lot of people and there were a lot of men in the back of the room that I felt like I already knew were going to react the way they did. Like I could just tell people there was a, like the host of the show was going over to his table and like laughing with him 
and the host booed me. Like it was like not a room that was like on my side. Yeah. My God. <laughs> so yeah, that, I don't know. I, I was up all night that night thinking like, fuck, I was not funny. Like I, I like I dropped the ball. Like I was supposed to do more. And then the next day I, I didn't realize like Amber posted this tweet saying everything that happened and a bunch of comedians like that I know started saying like, no, oh, good job, Kelly. That was funny. Good. Like you did good. And then it was like, then it was comedians I didn't know. And I was like, Oh, like I have look up to that comedian. And then it was like, I finally realized it went viral only because I don't really get on Twitter, but wow. Um, brag. <laughs> no, but I don't, I don't. Yeah, you had only tweeted one time. I had only right? tweeted once. That I, is, remem- I remember that very clearly. <laughs> I remember, Cause I remember this summer we were hanging out and you started your Twitter account and you had like 300 followers one day. And then the next day you had like, almost a hundred thousand I feel like 300 was generous but yeah i truly i had one tweet that said just setting up my twitter and it took me like six months to tweet that i was really anxious about it i love that and i would i would like (laughs) send people drafts a lot i was was in this facebook group that kate is in and i was like everyone i'm gonna tweet today it's gonna say like just setting up my twitter and i went and i tweeted the tweet and i like asked the people from this group to to like it that was, my, that was my last tweet. I like how you, like, I like how we're like you know let's uh definitely we want to cover the injustice of rape but also the injustice of tweeting only twice and having ninety something thousand followers. <laughs> but the only reason yeah. I knew I went knew because I was only following like fifty people. Yeah, and one of them was I followed Chelsea Pratty because I I oh, like yeah. Chelsea, and she messaged me. And I only, I didn't even know I was getting other messages because they were going, I guess, to like, oh, and you're, you're like unseen. Non-known people. Yeah. And then I just had one message that just said like, stay strong, Kelly Bachman. And it felt like, like that Lord of the Rings scene where like Frodo gets the light in the dream. I was just like, (laughs) what the fuck is happening? That's so crazy. But I, cause I, I mean, I, she's like, I love her. No, she's amazing. I love her. (laughs) And then I think, I think one of the greats, her special one of the greats is, an all-time underrated it's special. one of is the greats it, would you even say it's one of the greats <laughs> i think it's one of the greats it yeah. truly is um then after this happened i saw harvey weinstein's legal team or something they sent a response that was like the most reply guy bullshit i've ever heard in my life yeah it said like he was just trying to enjoy dinner and <laughs> well we all are and some of <laughs> or us just trying to enjoy a night out with friends and that uh, the the reaction from the people like downright rude, I think was De- what downright he, rude was definitely a was phrase what he called. I do. I, I would. I would put rape under under the category of downright rude myself. I like, <laughs> I like how all of a sudden Harvey Weinstein is like a, the heroine in a Jane Austen novel or something. That was downright rude. I know. <laughs> yeah. That is some Dorothy Parker shit. Yeah. Just miss manners. I really... Wow. Yeah. No, it's like, it's it's something... The moment I heard that, I just like immediately wanted to put that on my resume. Like, that, that you're downright man, rude. That I've somehow disappointed this man. Well, that's... Uh, Honestly, I mean, that's an that's an incredible poll quote that you can use, I think, on your website or for any memoir that you might write um, on the back jacket, quote unquote, downright rude Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> and since this happened, well, I guess before this happened, you have a comedy show that you curate, I think, monthly or just sometimes. Um, 
Rape Jokes by Survivors. Well, Rape Jokes by Survivors is a show that I uh, produced in April of 2018 as a sort of response to the Me Too moment of uh, sort of social media being overwhelmed by Me Too and then comedy shows were being overwhelmed by people talking about it and like open mics, like everybody now seemed to have like a hot take about rape and it was very (laughs) triggering to me. It was like mostly not survivors telling like really not funny jokes. And so I wanted a show where it would be all survivors telling really funny jokes. And, um, it was, it was this great show at caveat in, um, Manhattan. And it was such a hit ever since then. I've been trying to like sell it as, uh, more shows or as a tour or a special. And, um, it's sort of, I had like, it was kind of weird, like the Saturday before this all happened, I was in LA trying to sell another show and I met with somebody about this and she was like, Kelly, we just really need a famous person in order to move this forward. Like we need a, a star, like a superstar comic. We need a headliner. We can't, you know, find anyone to attach to this. And she didn't say like fully, we need to let it go, but it was kind of like, you know, we're doing what we can, but we've already, we've reached out to people. And uh, and I, I was disappointed, but it like, it was sort of like, it felt like the thing that I had done when this was all new, fresh to me, like mm-hmm. me too was new to me and I was kind of ready to like, let it go. And so it was weird that the following Tuesday or Wednesday, it's like, nope, actually rape always and forever. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> That's your thing. So now I'm like, after that, I immediately put together a new Rape Jokes by Survivors for New York Comedy Festival the following week after that happened. Wow. And I wrote a new set for that. And now I'm sort of trying to sell it as a tour again or as more shows. So it's like... What What is that like for you being so closely associated with something as like dark and horrible as rape (laughs) it is like as a comedian it's very it's challenging in that i really want to be funny and i want to be like a goofy person and also i want to like say the i want to say the right thing and and speak for survivors in a way that is like i can only speak for myself but i know you're in you know you're speaking for this community whenever you speak and you have a platform um and i want to like do right by people but also it's just it's a challenge to be funny about it and i'm really trying to be funny about it because i know when i walk into a room it's like what the room knows about me and i'm trying to speak to what is known it's like if you walk in and you have like uh some kind of visible physical thing and you feel like you need to speak to that it's like that feels like a visible wound now Mm. like it's not something i'm revealing they know it and so i want to have good jokes about it and i want to have jokes when i go into an interview and like somebody brings it up like not brings up this but like brings up me my like being a survivor and it's like it's a challenge because much easier to be funny about other things and also like thinking of reply guys like every day i have replies and messages and comments that are either like 
they're either saying I'm really brave and like kind of putting me up on a pedestal of like, you rule, you're awesome. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, um, here's advice about how you can not get raped again. That's my least favorite. I love that. Um, (laughs) I personally love that. Um, And then it's like, here's advice about how you can handle this as a comic. Here's like, it's a lot of unsolicited advice, a lot of shaming advice, a lot of like, like someone called me and was just like, right out of the gate in the call, somebody I know said like, three times is a lot. Just wanted to say like, uh, I saw right in the article, raped three times. Like, ugh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's a really like, fucked up thing like, to say to somebody. But it's like, kind of every day, because this is public <laughs> knowledge, it's like, people feel very comfortable a lot of times reaching out to me and just kind of giving me their two cents about like, uh, me and rape and how we connect to each other (laughs) like i went on a radio show a couple weeks ago and the closing question like the big million dollar question for me was am i a comedian because i'm a rape victim or in spite of being a rape victim like god people are uh (laughs) disgusting i'm gonna go ahead and say it every it's kind of like but then there's a lot of really positive stuff a lot of like uh comedy heroes reaching out and saying they're proud of me and but it's like uh also like who's a cool one who's like you know who's an ally right (laughs) you know who's the first person like call me and be super kind to me it was jeff garland oh my god he just like said the nicest things anyone's ever said to me like called me and was like i'm in your corner for life <laughs> like <laughs> that's so sweet it was really the nicest wow. thing i've ever it was like very touching it was the first like it was the it was the first feedback that i believed because yeah. he said it in such a genuine way that i was like oh like yeah, he really yeah. means it like he's not just like blowing smoke yeah really. that's it was very nice that's really cool it's i mean to your point about someone saying that horrible fucking thing about like wow three is a lot it's like <laughs> people still believe that sexual assault is this like anomalous thing and it like it's lightning striking or something like that and it is so common so people are st- there are a lot of people who are still way more willing to believe that someone is exaggerating or lying rather than the fact that rape and sexual assault happens absolutely all the time. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I think not, it's not limited to rape and sexual assault, like any kind of shitty experience that I've had with misogyny. People are oh, like, sure. the, I feel like the common refrain is, where do you find these guys? Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. fucking everywhere. It well, is, and it's, it's, this, yeah. it's the air we breathe. Yeah. It's this idea that it just, be, if because it happened three times, that means I must be like walking into dark alleys, like, <laughs> like, uh, naked just saying like is anybody in here <laughs> like, like, how funny would it be though if, like if you were no. like if that was like your main hobby it's just like well oh I, I just walk in the park like i'm in the park yeah. oh no tell us <laughs> but i'm walking like, alone even if, I were, even if i were doing that yeah exactly not my fault yeah like not it's that's kind of like what it comes down to is like a lot of people they want more information from me to like find out even one time i went to a, i tried going to a therapist about this and the therapist like asked me for a lot of information about what happened and her conclusion of our therapy session was like you know i think this did happen and <laughs> I, I don't think it was probably 
not your fault. I think the person didn't mean to do it, but uh, I was like, wait, I didn't come in looking for like, I came in to talk about being wow. sad. Yeah, and so, yeah, like, yeah, you didn't come in for, for like, like both your... sides argument <laughs> of yeah. rape. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, a you lot always of... got to hear both sides. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, uh, there's Nazis and then there's people who oppose Nazis. You got to hear you people hear out. Both sides. Yeah. I will say on the light side, a lot of uh, reply guys have also been reaching out to me to tell me that I look like Ryan from The Office, which... Oh, my God. Uh, it, for for those at home, uh, Julia has the same face as me. 100%. And um, <laughs> has anyone ever told you that you look like Ryan from The Office? No. Because I had never heard that no. until this. And I was... Yeah, I... Kelly and I both, we... Not only do we have the same face, we also do have extremely similar voices so this is going to be a nightmare to edit i don't think so i'm listening in the headphones right now and i i don't i don't hear every time we're both at like an open mic or a show together i'm like god damn this bitch <laughs> i this bitch the first with my time, face and my voice the first time i saw you I we was just both like, have like an fuck. alien mirror situation the first time we met yeah I, it was like I, twin it was like lot it was a parent trap situation i think i remember i saw you and you you got up and you made a joke that was like a joke it's not it wasn't similar to a joke i have but it was like a joke i would like it you would, would i forget like mind. you said yeah. it was like a situation i have been in and you were saying talking about it in a way that like i would think about it and you were saying it in my voice <laughs> and you were saying it with my face and hair and clothes and i was like okay this is i already i'm already i'm out here i don't need to be doing this <laughs> but representation matters <laughs> i mean are you sure that that's not just because you both think that all women are the same <laughs> well they are yeah um, all right well kelly i know that you have to run but before you leave is there anything else that you would like to say anything we didn't ask you about uh i'm trying to think of any reply guy highlights i can share with you because i felt like I got off topic. You don't have to name names. We are, uh, you know, perfectly happy with the content. I will say I've gotten a lot of, I get a lot of like um, troll emails that are very like, they're very gently disguised as like mm -hmm. concern trolling. Being, yeah, just being like, helpful. There's like a subject that's like, I'm a fan. Oh, and then God. I'm like, <laughs> and then it's like, I was a fan. <laughs> I used to go to all your comedy shows until now and that's funny to me because i definitely didn't have any fans yeah <laughs> and then i saw one tweet that said uh she had to get fame somehow nobody knew who she was and i saw uh one person answered uh it was my father he he replied and said i knew who she was you asswipe <laughs> <laughs> It's, I love that your wow. dad has your back, not only in real life, but online. I, I was going to say that the concern trolling emails sounds very similar to something that my dad would send me. My dad was my original troll, and he still is. Well, my dad is like a, a liberal troll. He's like, you've probably seen him somewhere. Like He's like, like the socialist troll in all the comments just like doing the lord's work replying to every single person oh is, he, is your dad like a burning guy yeah he's just he's in every single he's anywhere that you like say like who could be commenting on this random photo on facebook about bernie and the election like it's my dad he's in there i love that and that's so, so funny but my dad is like such a he's such a dad and like such a man 
like man's man who's like has all these kids and is like wears a cowboy hat that he like ends up <laughs> he ends up like like in this conversation where he responded to this guy somehow they ended up seeing eye to eye in the end like this guy like said something mean to me and then my dad was like she's my daughter and i'm proud of her every day of my damn life <laughs> And then the guy was like, you know what? Sometimes I forget. We're humans behind these screens. Oh, my God. I'm sorry what I, about what I said. And good luck to you and your daughter. And my dad is like, you know what? I, I might have been a little harsh with you, too, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but he like, he's like out here somehow breaking through to people. And I this is what Bernie's movement can do for people. <laughs> Not me, us. That's my dad. No, my dad is truly like the original Bernie bro. When I was... Uh, when I was 11, he um, he required me to, to write a like 10-page school paper about uh, Eugene Debs. Oh my god! <laughs> and the uh, how he should have been president. Oh my god! <laughs> so um, who, which Eugene, Eugene Debs v. Debs, is the baby. original, the original Bernie. socialist. Debs would have won. Yeah, yeah Debs would have won. <laughs> um oh my god that is incredible wow it's great that like you that you had like a socialist dad and. And you became like a good person politically because uh, we know from people like Mayor Pete that that doesn't always work out. Yes. <laughs> well, the the um, interesting, uh, I guess, foil is that my my mom is a Trump supporter. Oh what? my god! So I, and she, they're both very extreme, and they've always been extreme, and so I've always like I think they've, you know, they steer me somewhere too. My boyfriend Sanity. was thinking about supporting Elizabeth Warren, considering it, and it nearly ended us. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I can't. That, that would not be allowed. That in, sounds in like uh, that sounds like my uh, my uh, Thanksgiving. Someone revealed that they like were, might vote for Warren, and one of my cousins was like. I'm going to leave this Thanksgiving and go to, he was like going to his uh, wife's Thanksgiving the next day. And he's like, to talk to people who I can actually discuss politics with. And he was literally going to another Thanksgiving of all Trump supporters. <laughs> he was like, I feel like it would That's be better, better to debate with them. Oh than my a God. Warren supporter. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it is, it is. <laughs> I, I don't understand like how people who like, like Bernie and Trump can get along. But I do think that sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes we can get into these arguments that are I mean, with people that we are not that politically different from. It makes me nervous when I hear stuff like that because I feel like that's how the last election. Yeah. Like that was the same language of like Bernie. See, or I, Bernie I, or like I would rather like discuss with a Trump person than I don't know. It just makes me nervous. I, I used to think so and I also was worried about that. But I, I read up on the statistics about it and actually most people who voted for Bernie Sanders did vote for Hillary Clinton. And yeah. um most people did not vote at all. Yeah. And I, you know, I've come to think that like whatever online Bernie Bros or whatever like it's just it's such an insignificant fraction of the population that it's actually more like a thirty years of devastating neoliberal economic policy that have led to kind of broad political complacency plus gerrymandering. But I right. hear you. It no, does get I, very negative online. It's just, it makes me nervous. But yeah. I, most actually, most of the people I knew who were like big Bernie Bros in the last election didn't vote for Bernie. Even they were just like talking. They were just online. They were just like. They were I mean, talking. I, do, I do know a lot of people who are very loud online who just straight up don't vote. Like, <laughs> like and there was like guys that were like arguing with me a lot, <laughs> and then like on election day I came back with like I voted sicker. I was like, all right, we're you know where's all yours? They're like, oh, I couldn't actually. Uh, 
I didn't register in dollars. That is <laughs> like, okay. That's yeah. just crazy. <laughs> Fellas, you got to stop. Do, you got to do more than post. Help us out. Well, to be honest, the, the, the only the only person I know that's ever been like that um, was my ex-boyfriend, but he could not vote because he was an immigrant. Okay, but that's but that he doesn't count then. But so he had to post because he, he couldn't vote. So he had to post I know, it but, he would, but he would talk about that. He yeah. would be like, I can't vote. Will you vote for me? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, no, I, I actually think that the only people who are like, um, I'm a I'm a Bernie supporter and I can and I'm more in like I can t- talk easier to to Trump supporters than anyone else. I think that the only people it's like a it's like a group of of dudes who are like that. It's I don't, just trolling. I think it's yeah. just and I think that there is a not insignificant portion of the loudest people online on the left who came to like leftism through trolling, not through like political ideology. Yeah. I don't and know. And if my cousin is listening, our family is you know, sometimes difficult. <laughs> um, I don't know. It might have been personal. I have uh, a conservative dad. I, I talk <laughs> about him often. I talk to him on the phone every single day. He will be um, a socialist by the time he is on his deathbed. I That is my solemn vow. Um, I have, I've made a lot of, of headway with him. Kelly, though, I know... Uh, you gotta run, so I oh, just right. want to say. I'm getting off topic. Uh, no, where can <laughs> where can our listeners find you? Um, I mean, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I I'm on Instagram as Kelly Bachman. I'm on Twitter as Belly Cockman, and I try to post whatever is coming up. I'm trying to get a few things off the ground, so. Hopefully, I'll have some announcements soon. Cool. Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for coming. Reply, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for, for coming on the show, and thank you for everything you've done. Uh, we really appreciate it. Of course. Happy holidays, Happy Kelly. holidays. Thank you so much for listening to Reply, guys. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find us. Uh, the show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at OJuliaTweets, O-H julia tweets and twitter is where you can also find our reply guys they are always with us bernie take us out as i went walking that ribbon of highway i saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is yours.